Hi there, and welcome to JK We're Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young sorcerers who attend a school for magic. My name is Michael Moore, and I'll be your game master, or as we call it here, your magician master. (laughs) That means I'm going to be playing the NPCs, setting the scenes, and just generally being in charge of making everybody's lives harder. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. So let's start it off and uh, start with you, Sebastian. Why not? Tell us about yourself and tell us about your character. For sure. I'm Sebastian Kinder and I play Eric Miller, a musician magician with a troubled past. Eric wants to use his time at school to find a way to discover why his family of sorcerers has suddenly forgotten who he is. But hey, uh, the good thing is, uh, in this system, we have a way to kind of get a little bit more of the character. So uh, we have catchphrases. And my catchphrase, just fitting to my backstory, is I may be forgettable, but I won't be forgotten. <laughs> oh, I love this catchphrase. I love it. Um, I love the idea that you're kind of forgettable as a person, <laughs> but you're so determined not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Who's forgettable? I already hate you. <laughs> uh, and and for those of you who and no one knows, no one knows. And for those of you who don't know, we, this is our first episode. And uh, just so you guys know, if you've seen our our podcast art, Eric is the one with green hair, so he's really trying hard to stand out. <laughs> and a side cut, just one to at that. It's important. Did he like do it himself? Did he cut his hair? He's like. They're gonna remember me, and then he cut it himself. Might be that that happened. <laughs> maybe, maybe the hairdresser <laughs> forgot that he was sitting in the chair. So, um, yeah, I'm Lucas Fisher, and I'm going to play Jasper Casper. Or I am playing Jasper Casper. Um, he's going to be an academic mage, but from the non-magical world, and he's just trying to survive everything he can. And well, he tries to find a place to belong. And his catchphrase is actually. Failures are chances to grow. I mean, look at me. (laughs) And if we have a look at the um, artwork as well, we can see that he's definitely the tallest of the three. Just so you know. Yeah, he's a a tall, gangly guy. Very manly, if you ask me. (laughs) Lucas, your, your discipline is the professor of tomorrow, right? That's technically the discipline name, just like uh, Sebastian, oh, sorry, Eric, is a musician-magician. Sure. So that's kind of cool. It's like he's he really is an academically-minded person, and he wants to uh, excel in that way. Great. And that is why he's going to be very prepared, and that's why he bought himself a book called How to Be a Witty Wizard, which is going to help him get all of the trouble solved. Yeah, it sounds very reliable. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think I think things are really looking up for Jasper. I think he's going to have a really good time at school. Thank you. All right. Hi, I'm Nadine Kuhn, and I'm going to play Sassley Mary Nature Spring, an arcane sciences mate. Sassley is a pixie elf that accidentally created herself wings by experimenting with magic. Well, unfortunately, her wings don't work. Sassley's catchphrase is, guys, I got this. But unfortunately, she doesn't all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Sassley's a very uh, confident character. (laughs) She's very, very confident. She's like, I got this all. No worries. I I can take everyone. Come on. Come on. Just come on. (laughs) Something that's interesting, I think, for the 
I always want to say for the viewers at home, uh, for the listeners at home, this is your first tabletop RPG like experience, you know, doing a, a big campaign, right? Like as Nadine or as Sassley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about Sassley. I think she probably played like a few here every now and then. But yeah, for me as Nadine Kuhn, it's my very, very first one. And I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And we're so glad that you are here with us because uh, I'm very excited for, for this group of people to start their adventure together. I'm like actually scared at the moment. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to like enter this world. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and again, my name is Michael Moore. A fun fact about me is uh, that I'm the only American in the group here today. What? No way! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, all of our actors here are uh, German, and they're actually speaking in their second language right now. And that, hopefully that's going to add to the fun of the game and not to us all being annoyed with each other. But I think all of these guys are really, really great in English, and that's why we thought we could have a great time doing this together. So without much further ado, please enjoy this, our first episode of JK We Are Rolling. So we open up our scene in Stuttgart main train station. It's just before 4 p.m. in the afternoon and there are people coming and going to different destinations all throughout Germany. Uh, just inside as people go about their business, we see standing a small young man, small of stature, with long green hair, which is buzzed into an undercut on the right side. He is standing with an older gentleman with a long, light brown beard and a messy mop of hair on his head. And he's scratching his beard, and he says, Uh, you about ready? Uh, I think so. I'm as ready as ready can be, to be honest. Yep, well, uh, <clears throat> look, I just want to say that, uh, if you're ever in trouble, uh, you just get word to me and I'll, uh, <clears throat> figure out a way to help, okay? He scratches his beard some more. Um, a little bit of a smile goes over his face. And yeah, should there be a problem? But I just hope there won't be too many problems. I mean, uh, look, uh, before you go, I just uh, I want to give you this. The gentleman hands Eric a long object with strings on one side. It is recognizable as the bow of a violin that you would play a violin with. Uh, look, you can just uh, put your wand inside this when they give it to you, and it'll work, uh, just like your mom's and dad's, okay? Uh, that That's a gift from uh, me to you, so, <clears throat> uh, yeah. As he hands it to you, you can see that it's really beautifully made. It has an amber jewel set on the side where you would hold it. It's beautiful, like, wow, that's Thank you so much. And, and you know what? I'm going to hug him. Yeah, okay. You hug him. Yeah, I hug him. And, <laughs> and he hugs you back and he's, he just pulls you in because he's kind of just a an old grizzled musician. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I better get back to the shop. It's a long way back to Bremen. And, uh, you know, 
got a few more orders of musical instruments to make. So uh, I think you know where you're going, right? You, you better hurry up. It's getting late. Uh, sh- sure. Um, his eyes get back to one of the clocks hanging around like, oh, yeah, you're right. Once more, thank you very much. And should anything be, I'll, I'll send you a message. Or if anything goes good, I send you a message. I- see you later. <laughs> All right. See you, Eric. Uh, as he goes to leave towards the train platforms, he bumps into a tall and gangly blonde young man spinning out of control from a heavy backpack and a big book in his arms coming from the direction of the train platforms. Oh, sorry, sorry, didn't see you. My fault. Whoa there, Slick. You almost blew my mustache off. Careful now. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe you can help me, sir. Yeah, he looks you up and down and he sees that you're carrying a book that says how to be... A witty wizard and he kind of gets a smile on his face and recognizes what he thinks is going on here and he says uh i see i see uh, uh hi my name is jonathan i make uh magical instruments up in bremen i'm jasper and uh i'm i'm looking for for some something maybe you know something because you said magical that could be helpful oh slow down there buddy look uh right over there is my uh and he pauses for a moment uh, my uh, Eric, uh, he's a good friend of mine. There's that gentleman with the green hair over there. So uh, maybe you two can head where you're going. And he gives a very wholesome wink. Because, you know, some people, when they wink, it's creepy. But with him, you, you really trust it. So it's a very wholesome wink. He says, just hurry up. Uh, you're you're going to be late. Oh, thank you very much. And maybe just one more question. Um, sir, does, does every wizard has, like, this kind of hair color? I mean, it's very bright. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a wizard. Uh, I'm a field mage, actually, but uh, I love musical instruments. And you can see with this mop air here. <laughs> no, no. Okay, good luck now. Hi. QQ. Hi. You don't know me, but I don't know you either. So, hi. Hey there. How can I help you? Well, actually, I'm searching for something because, well, you know, I got this letter. And it says I, I need to be somewhere at some time, but I, I, I don't seem I can remember where I left it. I, I, I think what you're talking about is, is like just scanning him for a moment, taking a look at the book in his hand. You might not want other people to read that. Why? Is it offensive? <laughs> okay, no matter. Uh, by the way, I'm Eric. Oh, hi. I'm not Eric, but I'm Jasper. Jasper, all right. Um, sure. I, I guess you're talking about the Dunkin' Donuts, actually, so... Um, yes, the Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. Do you know where that is? Yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's over there. Let's, let's go there before we kind of miss it. It's, that would be worse. Oh, sure. So you guys head over to the Dunkin' Donuts, and it looks like a regular Dunkin' Donuts. There's donuts visible and uh, coffee-making items, but there's nobody behind the counter right now. Maybe it's one of these, these new stores where you just have to do it all by yourself. <laughs> I... Kind of doubt it. I, I mean, it would be special, but I, I doubt it. Maybe I can find something in the book. And uh, Jasper just opens his book and trying to find any information. <laughs> so Jasper, as, as he's kind of looking through his book and Eric kind of looks on bewildered, <laughs> not understanding why that would be his first course of action, you guys hear a sound behind you, kind of like the sound of bare feet hitting stone. And you look behind you and you see a hooded and cloaked child. That child has kind of an oddly shaped, almost humped looking back. 
you can just make out some kind of small pointed features under the hood of the cloak and a, a one curl of pink hair. Don King Donuts. Ha! That's it! Don King Donuts. All right, all right, I go. I just have to ask for something. What was it? Okay, I got this, I got this. <clears throat> and she walks towards the little desk and she looks around and she cannot find anyone. So she's like, all right, I have to get my attention here. All right, I got this. I might be too small, but I, but I have this amazing spell that I can use. <clears throat> I want to use hip and schwip. Okay, this is our first spell of the episode. <laughs> so, so without uh, care in the world, young Sassley decides to cast hip and schwip, uh, which will, uh, what does that spell allow you to do? It allows me to um, like float above the earth for like 10 centimeters, which is not a lot, but it helps her to get a better like overlook. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, so roll a D20, a 20 sided dice and let us know what you get. No, it's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's new, you know, magic is pretty new to her. <laughs> yeah, it's also, she doesn't have a wand yet, so she, she just doesn't, isn't quite properly outfitted yet to do that. <laughs> so she goes, hey, bunch fabe, and uh, just nothing happens. Absolutely nothing. Not even a rustle of her cloak. <laughs> All right. Hey, careful, you. These wings are super sensitive. All right. That did not work. It did not work. It's fine. I got this. I got this. Hello, little princess. Nice, <laughs> nice costume you have. Did you lose your parents? Or maybe we should talk to someone like any... Um... Are you talking to me, guys? Yes, hi. So, first of all, don't call me princess. My name is Sassley. I'm Sassley Mary Nature Spring. Don't call me ever Mary. Oh. You know, I got this from my mom. My mom is Rosemary, whatever. Let's not talk about this. Anyways, I just have a mission and you guys are really in my way. Thank you so much. Have a great day. So Sassley tries to, to like grab something that's on the desk. She saw something that was like blinking. So maybe there is like something like a, like a bell to ring. Yeah, there's a bell that you can see light glinting off of on the counter that you can ring. But she can't quite reach it. <laughs> Which is... The exact moment, like, Eric raises his hand and just, bing! I got this. But thank you. Sure, you got this. I have one more question. I mean, my theory is going to be very more clear now. I mean, you have very bright hair color, and you have very bright hair color. Maybe something I should add in the book. <laughs> and he begins to scribble his book. What is your theory? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you are some kind of magician dwarf. Yeah. That could be very magical if you ask me. I mean, I've read a lot of books. Hey! I'm a pixie elf, and my name is Sassley. Can I write that down as well? Whatever. <laughs> so now that you've rung the bell, a Dunkin' Donuts employee enters. He's wearing a regular Dunkin' Donuts employee outfit, and he looks at you and he goes, all right, all right, don't pee in your pants. I'm coming. What can I get you? Uh, for me, a black forest cake, no cherry, cherry lady. For me also. And he recognizes this as the... A secret passcode that you were all given in your invitation letters to Neudrachenberg Academy for Magic. Do you think it's a cherry lady? It's more like a cherry gentleman. Okay, uh, oh geez, really? Oh man, you guys are late. I mean, <laughs> better never than late, right? <laughs> right? Right? Uh, all right, so drinks are on the house and you can get them from the cooler yourself. And there's a cooler with, you know, all kinds of bottled drinks on the side. 
I recommend the Fanta. All right. Thank you very much. I'm not thirsty. I just, I, I'm just here to go to a magic school. And I really don't like Fanta, to be honest. He just looks at you guys and goes, wow. And then he walks back into the uh, backspace of the Dunkin' Donuts stand. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why should I drink a Fanta? That is ridiculous. Kind of rude, if you ask me. You know, just, just do what he says and we will get there. And walk straight to the cooler. Hey, hey, green-haired dude, can you... Hey, green-haired dude, hmm? can you give me a Fanta? It, it's all the way up there. Sure. Uh, Eric, by the way. Sassley, can you give it or not? Yeah, can you give me an Eric as well? Uh, Fanta? So there's only one Fanta in the cooler. Eric, uh, are you going to try to pull that out? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, and as you pull it, instead of pulling up like you would expect, it just continues to pull outward. And the further out it comes, you see that it's actually an ornate wooden handle in your hand. And the handle pulls against the entire rest of the cooler and it opens up. And the entire cooler swings open, revealing a shimmering archway behind it. It's bright on the other side, but you can't quite see through it. And oddly, no one in the train station seems to notice. Oy. Wow. <laughs> I knew we should take the Fanta. Um, okay, so as you guys step through the archway, you are suddenly transported to a train platform. It's sunny and green, and you seem to be in the middle of a wide open field. So you're standing on this brightly lit platform. Birds are chirping in the trees. Grass waves in the air. Down the tracks, you can just make out the tail of a train with the words Magiflix train on it, moving happily down the tracks. It is it is far gone. It is it is past the platform. You have missed it. You have absolutely missed the train. <laughs> um, maybe I have to check everything that wasn't the letter. I mean, I still have the ticket. I mean, do I get a refund at least? So, so when is the next train coming? I don't know. I know nothing. Is, is, is there some kind of, like, counter? <laughs> there is not a counter. There's nothing. Do you look around you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, you can see, actually... All the way down to the far right, there's just one person standing. It's an older woman. She has her hair back in a bun. Uh, she's hunched over, and she has a big mug of coffee in her hands. And she's not looking at you guys. She's, like, just smoking a cigarette, looking in a, in, out in the other direction. I'm going to ask her something. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Hey. Hey, lady. Hey, hey down here. Lady. Uh-huh, and she turns and looks at you. So I have a question. When is the next train coming? And she kind of looks you up and down a little surprised. And she says, well, there's a group every year. And there you are. And she looks at all three of you and your different shapes and sizes. And she says, the village people rejects. Well, your reward is a ride in old Mildred Goldberry's Volkswagen. <gasps> Ooh, it's a car, guys. When is the car leaving? Well, basically, any kids who are late, I stay behind to make sure they can still get to school. I mean, what do you think? We wouldn't leave a secondary option for people to get to school on their first day? I mean, things happen. That would be very strange. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, let's just take a moment to see if anyone else arrives late here for a second. Hey, lady. Yeah. Is it walkable to Neudrachenberg? I wouldn't recommend it. It's down in the Black Forest, and we're in Stuttgart, so it's several hours' drive still. I don't mind. I walked all the way from Denmark here. Oh, boy. 
You walked. How long did that take? My gosh, your feet must be burning. You must have a few new bunions. Eight days. Look at them. They're super strong. And you guys can all see that Sassley's feet are indeed much, much far above average size, especially given that she's very small. Well, Sassley, I have to say they are much, much above average size. Yeah, that's incredible. In, in the moment, I'm just trying to figure out just how quickly she had to walk in these eight days. I hardly slept. All right, if that's everybody, we can get on the road. And as if on cue, when she says that, an arch shaped with light appears in the wall, down the platform, and out steps a small student with dark gel down hair and glasses. And he comes running up and he says, oh, sorry, I'm late. Uh, I'm not from around here and my dad had trouble finding parking. Uh, wh- wh- where is the train? Uh, yeah, we we also missed the train, but you won't have to worry because we get a ride. Yeah, that's right. You missed it. And now all you kids get to come with Mildred and let's be on our way. I'm not getting any younger. Although, also harder for me to get older. <laughs> Can I sit in the front? You all go in the back. There's only enough room for one diva in the front of this van. <laughs> and you guys all head over to the van. There is a parking lot out behind the left exit of the train station, which you didn't see before. And the only vehicle that stands there is an old mint green Volkswagen van. And there's a paint job on the side that says, make potions, not war. (laughs) All right, everybody in, find a spot, buckle up, bags go in the back. And Cecily crawls into the front to try to sit in the front. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so i think you're trying to sneak in right yes she goes into the back but she crawls over into the front (laughs) okay well so as sassley enters the volkswagen what she realizes is that the inside of the volkswagen van is much bigger than it had appeared on the outside so there's space in the back for everybody's bags um and there's rows of seats in case there's a lot of late students for some reason maybe a train didn't make a connection so she's gonna try to Sneak into the front, so roll me uh, for sneaking. All right, it's a six plus one. It's a seven. Seven is my number. That is my number today. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so Mildred doesn't even look at you. She just goes, no one in the front. <laughs> Man, that lady's unfriendly. Uh, so you guys all get in and you can put your bags and um, and all your stuff into the way, way back of the Volkswagen van. And you three and Flip all enter the Volkswagen as Mildred gets in the front and begins to drive towards the castle. And as you guys start to drive, she goes, so I'll be your first year magical item creation teachers for you kiddos. So, uh... Any of you peanuts got questions about Neudrakenberg Academy before we get there? Oh, yes, I have. Yep. I, I'm actually not that familiar with all that magical stuff, but I'm very interested in it. So, um, so um, why isn't the Neudrakenberg Castle not mentioned in the book I have with me? What book is that? Well, it's How to Be a Witty Wizard. It's from the author You Are Dumb. It's very interesting, though. I... Never heard of that. And she kind of raises her eyebrows when she hears the author, too. And then she says, that sounds questionable to me. I don't know anything about that book you got there, but Neudrakenberg Castle is the oldest establishment in Germany for teaching sorcerers, wizards, and mages, and uh, all 
all likeness of magical being and is a fine establishment to get your magical training. Talking about teaching, is there a class that can show you how to fly? You'll have a series of classes as a first year student, uh, magical animal handling and item creation, potency and deafness training. Uh, but there's no, I don't, I never heard of a specific flying class. That's a very specific question. Why do you ask? Well, that is the only reason why I'm here. I'm not interested in anything else. I need a, I, I need a fly. What do you mean you need to fly? Well, look at me. And she, she takes away her, her cloak that she threw above her before. Just the kind of the Zorro flourish. You know how Zorro always like. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> exactly. And you can see that Cersei has beautiful elf wings. They're very magical and very big. And she's like, all right, now we're talking. I created these things myself. They're beautiful, but they don't fly. I need them to make me fly. Is there any chance I can learn that there? Well, well, that is a... Uh... That is a first. That is a first. I did not see that before. Ah, uh, well, I we we can try to help you. We'll do our best that we can. We want to make sure that we take care of all of our <coughs> all of our students. That is not satisfying. Is there a class? Is there a class? Is there wow. some spell that helps me make them fly? <laughs> can I get this straight? Are you asking me? Is there a? I accidentally gave myself magic wings that don't work, and I want to learn how to fly class. Yes. No, that class does not exist. I, I, I want to talk to, to, an, to an authority here. I, I guess she is kind of the authority here, to be honest. That's right. I am the longest standing member of the Neutrachenberg Academy faculty. And if it wasn't for a certain incident several years back, I'd already be in retirement. Certain incident? Raises his eyebrows, slightly wondering what she could mean with that. She's pretty tight-lipped. She doesn't seem like she's going to talk. She just stares back at you with a cold, unnerving gaze in the rearview mirror. All right. I kind of like her. She's straightforward, though. Imagine, Cecily, imagine everything we could learn from the classes she mentioned. I mean, apart from flying, of course, but yeah. I mean, all the other stuff? Like animals. Oh, I don't know if I like animals. And uh, Flip, who's been sitting there silently just kind of listening to you guys talk, finally pipes up and says... Oh, um, I have a question, miss. <laughs> Sorry, if it's not a very great Irish dialect. <laughs> For all of our listeners in Ireland, please forgive me. Um, um, I have a question, miss. I was wondering if I could ask about the shields. I, I read some in my books, but it's hard to get books about my Drakenberg up in Ireland. And uh, it's been my dream to go here. So I read about the... The, the classic kind of images of the shields of Neudrachenberg, but I, w I was wondering if you could tell me from uh, a firsthand experience about the shields. And she says, yeah, of course, yes, yes. Uh, there's three shields, wolf shield, bear shield, and horse shield. When we arrive, there will be a ceremony, and that ceremony will decide which shield you are put into. Yeah, usually wolf shield, classically, they would be the warrior and defense-centered uh, magicians. And horse shield are more like the craftsmen and creators. I was horse shield many years ago. Many years ago. And the bear shield is the shield which focuses on growing things and harmonious Earth-like magics. Hey, lady. Yeah. Which shield helps people to fly? 
aviation school? What? <laughs> Cecily, I think I'm going to be a bear. I mean, I'm really good in growing. Mm, that could be something for me. That is wonderful. That is wonderful for you. Hey, lady. Yeah. Are there any signs of flying on any shield? Ah, uh, well, the wolf shield has a symbol, which is a wolf with wings. So I guess technically it doesn't really have anything to do with flying. But I guess technically if it was a shield that had anything to do with flying, that would be <gasps> a shield, which I would recommend. I am wolf shield. And you already lost her. Wolf shield with wings. That is my shield. Got it. I got this. Thank you, lady. That was helpful. Yeah, no problem. Cecily really wants to see out of the window, like out of the front window, and she tries again to sneak into the front. She really wants to see everything. <laughs> okay, roll, roll sneak again, and it's going to be even harder this time. <laughs> A four. You shall not sneak. She just will not see anything. I get it. I get it. So um, as you as you kind of try to gently crawl over the seat, <laughs> Mildred, without looking, pulls her wand out, which has been in her bun. She's been wearing it like a cross stuck in her bun, like sometimes people put pencils. Uh, so she pulls her wand out of her bun and she just kind of flicks it back at you without saying anything. And you fly back into the seat where you just were sitting. <gasps> Guys, I flew! <laughs> it doesn't seem as if either of you know anything about the magical world uh, uh, pardon my saying so miss i know that you're a pixie elf but how could you not know all of these basic informations about uh, the magical world i mean i just got this letter yesterday that i'm going to be at the school and then i thought well what's the worst that could happen <laughs> and so i did everything i could to to prepare myself but I know my, my parents don't seem to be wizards. None of my family seems to be a wizard or witch, so I don't know exactly, but, well, the letter said, so it has to be true in a way, I guess. And the van kind of jerks as Mildred accidentally hit the brakes for a second when you said that, and she goes, you don't come from a wizarding family? No. Well, that is... That is unique. That, that, that's, that's rare. Like... Seriously rare, holy. Oh, so maybe I'm some kind of special kind of wizard? <laughs> maybe there's a chapter in my book. I have to look it up. I don't think that there's going to be a chapter in your book, to be honest. I will make my very own chapter. That doesn't count. I'm rare. That's all I need to know. I'm rare. <laughs> Lady, what's your full name? Hmm? What's your full name? Mildred Mulberry. Are we going to call you Mildred? Or Miss Mulberry? You can call me Miss Mulberry. That'll do just fine. Okay. And as you continue to drive on, you kind of hit the main area of the Aldebaran that's a little more open. And Mildred looks at you guys and says, All right, kids, hold on tight. But we're not far enough now to enter the Encanto Bond. She hits a VW logo on her dashboard and begins to mumble under her breath an incantation. And the road ahead, it seems to pulse outwardly in circular waves. And the road itself, the lane that you're on, drifts slightly to the right until the highway runs now out of sight in a brand new direction. And there's no other cars suddenly on the road where you're going. There's nothing there. Just kind of open fields, just driving through the country uh, side on a road that was not previously there. Guys, 
Did you see that? That was amazing. That was actual magic. Meanwhile, Cecily's face <laughs> like came a little forward to the front and like she pokes her head next to Mildred just to see, to look out of the front window. She's not climbing this time. She got it this time, but she just wants to see <laughs> as much as she can. So she's just sneaking to the front and she just pokes her face next to Mildred's face. Even though Mildred can tell that, yeah. Eric obviously is a wizard and has seen this kind of thing before. She says, uh, well, uh, for you kids who don't know, it took decades of magical craftsmen laying the groundwork. But now the Encanto Bond is the most reliable way for sorcerers to travel in the 21st century. It's a system of roads that's never in disrepair, never has traffic. And uh, yeah, it takes you directly to your destination. Now hush. And she floors it because there's no one in front of her. And she's speeding down this magical highway towards your destination of Neudrachenberg Castle. Yeah! So you drive through the Bavarian countryside and eventually find yourself driving deeper and deeper into a forest. Spruce and fir trees rise like giants all around you as their tops begin to block out the sun. The van is driving through what seems to be impossibly narrow spaces, um, but eventually you come to stop at the foot of a dirt path, uh, the kind that you would miss if you didn't know it was there. A little hidden, but you can tell, oh, there are feet that have walked this many times. Everyone gets out of the van with their stuff. Mildred kind of kicks you out. She takes her wand out of her bun, and she waves it towards the van and says... Heimwärts bound, Shadow. And uh, the van drives off into the forest, and she says, Ah, isn't it beautiful? Here we are, Neu-Jachenberg Castle. And you guys can't see anything, of course. You guys just see an empty hill in front of you, trees, some mountains, like, further off behind, and it's a beautiful landscape. Truly, truly gorgeous, but you don't see anything. Oh, guys, I don't really like it that much. Uh, Mildred? Was it Mildred? Mildred? Can we, can we go on now? Yes, yes. Hurry now, children. You don't want to miss the shield naming ceremony. For sure we don't. Um, and she takes you several meters down the path. And Mildred takes out a stone from a pocket in her robes and says a complex series of words under her breath. <laughs> and the air shimmers in front of you. And suddenly you see, sitting atop a hill across from you, Neutrachenberg Castle. It's stunning. It has sandy gray stone walls, which contrast with iridescent green roofing. It's laid out against the backdrop of these mountains and the forest. As you breathe it in and gasp and take in this beauty, Mildred says, Come on, kids, no time to waste. Let's get moving. Wow. Guys, it's beautiful. Let's go. Come on, Miss Mulberry. Yeah, so Mildred is hurrying off, and uh, Sassley is right behind her, just right on her heels. And the two gentlemen, uh, and Flip McCool, of course, uh, are on <laughs> Flip, who's also there. <laughs> I'm coming as well. He says, I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. <laughs> I was just wondering, is he still in that van? <laughs> I'm just, just not as, not as loud as and verbose as you guys are, but I'm, I'm keeping up and I'm very excited for my first day of magic school. Oh, I can't wait. I hope I'm going to be in Wolf Shield. Oh, yeah, that would be the coolest. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> you guys cross a beautiful stone bridge that's ornately carved. Uh, and on the either side of <laughs> the bridge, as you cross, are glowing blue statues on the castle side of the bridge and they're covered in runes 
and you don't have much time to look at them as you're hurried along down a cobblestone path over a lowered drawbridge and into two heavy wooden doors into the interior of the castle. As you enter the atrium of the castle, you see a grand staircase in front of you, which leads to an upper level. Banners and tapestries hang on the walls, and the stairs are richly carpeted in a well-worn pattern of blue, red, and green. And from looking at the tapestries, you can see that the shield of the wolf shield there, the crest is on the wall, and that these always have a red background. The bear shield uh, is on another wall. These always have a green background. And horse shield, which has a really blue, nice cobalt blue background. So these are the colors of the different shields. And each of these animals doesn't look as you would expect. And you can especially tell this because at the top of the stairs are three huge statues, a wolf with wings, a bear with ram horns, and a horse with a flayed out peacock tail. And uh, Mildred says, come along, come along. Uh, Now, your academy robes and course books will be brought to your rooms. But that's when your shields are decided and we know where you'll be staying. Uh, But for now, I'm supposed to give you these as you enter. And she walks to a sideboard in the side of the atrium and opens a cabinet up on the top. Uh, Kind of an older looking worn thing, but you can tell they must use this to store supplies. And she says, here you go. Four industry standard wands approved and tested by our own staff. Uh, These are school property until you graduate, by the way, so don't go losing them in your first 24 hours. And she hands to all four of you a black, simple wand. So am I a wizard now? Does it make me do some magical stuff? Wands are for harnessing power from a magical source and turning it to do your will. So really, it just helps you be a conduit for magic in the real world. So it's not going to do anything all by itself. That's why you're here. You need training. And Sassley tries immediately hip and trip with a wand. (laughs) 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 Because she wants to try it. Okay, yeah. She's like, hip and trip. Roll roll a d20. (laughs) 10 for the first time. (laughs) Hip and trip. Yeah, okay. Hip and trip. And... uh, she she says it. I, I think she says it like with, you know, with power <laughs> gleaming in her eyes. Sassley begins to float <laughs> magically off the ground about ten centimeters. Oh, guys, I got it. Did you grow? Well, I'm almost flying. Eric is a, a little bit too focused on the wand in his hand, slightly rolling it around for a little bit before he. Gives a little bit of a smirk, reaches for the parting gift from Jonathan. He got the bow for his violin and just opens the compartment that he knows is there. He saw it many, many times in the shop itself and just slides the wand inside, closes it up and makes a really deep and satisfied breath like this feels right. Hey, Jasper, Jasper. All right. When I say... One, two, three. Can you give me a push on three? Like like on the three or right after the three? Like and three or? I don't care. Just push. I don't care. One, two, three. Oh, on three. Oh, I push you. <laughs> Whoa, guys. Look. I'm still t- 
10 centimeters above the ground and I move. It's almost like I'm flying. Okay, I'm going to roll uh, luck for you, uh, which is a stat that only the magician master knows to see if you slam into a wall or the banister <laughs> of the staircase. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you hit the wall pretty hard. Uh, and actually, roll me a constitution uh, die. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it's a very oh, bad no. roll. So she <laughs> is not used to being pushed around frictionless on the ground, and she just flies through the air and hits the wall. <laughs> it's, is it also the 20? Yeah, that's a 20 sided Constitution? Yeah, that's right. Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you, you lose a constitution, and your spell breaks, and you fall flat on your back on the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I instantly run to her trying oh, to help no. her because, you know, I, I kind of brought her to that point. Um, and then when I get her up, it's like, don't, don't worry, Cecily, you know, failures are chances to grow. And you have so much more to grow. Oh, oh. you just pushed me wrong. Ow, get away from me. Don't touch me. Oh. Oh. Could you two, like, maybe stop bickering? While he looks over to Miss Mulberry, just waiting. She is staring at you guys, bewildered. Um, <laughs> finally, she turns to Flip and gives him his wand as well. And um, Flip says, I'm going to change the world for the better with this responsibility. And his eyes really light up and gleam. Is it just me or Flip seems a bit weird? You think he is weird? You think he's weird? Oh, what do you tell me? Like, mister, I have a bow to my string or whatever. I feel like I should try hip and trip again. <laughs> <laughs> and before, before Sassley can do that again, Mildred goes, oh, my Lord. And here, here, here are your school sanctioned vials. Everybody gets four. They're very small um, and you can easily fit them into the uh, pocket of a robe or something. And she says, uh, these can take hold of any amount of magic materials, which you'll need for item creation class. Okay, everybody got it? Everybody safe with that? Absolutely. Thank you very much. I think I got this. Everybody goes up the stairs and into a large door on the right of the upper platform, where you enter the banqueting hall. You see about a dozen long tables where hundreds of students sit eating. There are floating globes of light filling the air. And at the end, uh, the front end of this long chamber, sit the professors all at their own table. And you can see that there's an empty chair where Mildred should be sitting uh, if she wasn't taking care of you guys. The professors are all sitting facing the student body. Uh, where the professor is slightly elevated. There's two kind of big flat steps, almost platforms leading up to them. On the second step stands a well-built brown-haired student with kind of a crooked nose. And behind him stands the most studly looking gentleman you've ever seen. He has curling blonde hair cut short and wears an ornate professor robe, but it's open so that you can see he has incredibly chiseled and rippling abs Holy heck. but he totally gets away with it and he looks like an action hero and also his bottom half is a horse because he is a centaur and flip actually grabs on to eric for a second because he nearly faints and he goes oh it's ross Ehrenmann. he's only the most powerful musician magician in the world and he's the director of magic at neudrakenberg the presidente the headmaster 
Oh, I'm such a big fan. Oh, okay, okay. He's like feeling the grip in his shoulder and like, I, I, <laughs> I, get, I get you, but like, could you like, he's a horse. <laughs> and Mildred claps a hand over your mouth just <laughs> immediately. But you guys are standing pretty far back in the chamber. Uh, you're standing at the very, very back. This uh, student and Ross, the director of magic, they are standing all the way at the opposite end. So nobody hears your outburst. <laughs> uh, you can see that Ross, by the way, he has giant uh, pan pipes on his back, like almost comically large. Like you don't think anybody could ever actually play those. They're in the middle of the shield naming ceremony, um, but this is the last student. Everybody else has already been put into their shields. And Ross is saying, focus on your dreams and goals while here at Neutrachenberg, child. And the amulet of intention will make your shield known. Focus. Concentrate. The boy standing there closes his eyes and he kind of scrunches him up. Uh, and you can see he has a heavy gold chain around his neck with a large ruby set into it as the pendant. You can see him almost mouth. Not bear shield, not bear shield. <laughs> and the amulet projects green worlds before it. And you can read the words. The choice is clear. Wolf shield. And uh, the hall just erupts with cheering, and the boy just kind of pumps his fist a few times. Yes, 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 yes. Um, before remembering that he's in front of the director, and then he carefully uh, takes the amulet off and hands it back to Ross. All right, guys, I think it's our turn soon. I'm ready. Can I be first? I want to be first. Right at that moment when he says that, Ross says... Ah, our final and latest arrivals. Come, come and know your place here. And everybody in the entire hall just turns and stares at all of you. And even Sassley gets a little nervous in that moment. Everybody just, you feel hundreds of gazes suddenly turn to you. You know, I, I kind of can't help but smile a bit because, yeah, we are the last ones to arrive, but I'm sure we will be remembered because of that. <laughs> Cecily takes a deep breath and she's like, all right, Cecily, you got this. And she starts confidently, but slowly walking towards the front. <laughs> so she starts, she goes step by step and, and Ross begins to smile and he says, come, come closer, all of you. And Mildred is, is kind of ushering the rest of you a little uh, about halfway down into the interior of the hall. Ross has, has walked over or trotted over to a uh, a book that he has on the desk next to him. And he says, let's see. The first student is cool. Flip McCool. Come and know your place. Of course, it's him. <laughs> Sassley's about three foot down the way. She's almost there. <laughs> and uh, Flip says, oh, me? Me? I, I'm first? Oh, oh, my Lord. Oh. Oh my, okay, okay, okay. You got this flip. You got this flip. Come on. This is going to be great. This is going to be on, great. Hold on, hold on. Did he say you got this flip? That is my catchphrase. I got it. <laughs> but he doesn't pay attention to you as he's kind of psyching himself up and walking towards uh, his hero, Ross. And he goes to the step where uh, the student was standing before and Ross is now standing behind him on the upper platform. And he places the amulet around his neck. So Ross says again, as he places the amulet on Flip, 
Focus on your dreams and goals while here at Neudrachenberg, child. And the Amulet of Intention will make your shield known. And Flip puts his hands to either side of the amulet, and words begin to project out of the amulet. And it says, The choice is clear. I must come for you all. My long wait is finally over, and soon I shall once more walk where I have long been forbidden. But first, I'll take these. And Ross tries to shout something as these words are projected, but the hall plunges into darkness. Children are screaming around you, and the light suddenly returns to the hall. But where once stood Flip are dozens of tiny wigged creatures, and there's no sign of Flip or the amulet. Oh, guys, that's quite a ceremony here. (laughs) (laughs) So... There are small winged creatures, uh, about six inches in diameter, and there's about 50 of them, and they just burst into the hall where Flip was just standing. They give off a faint, dark glow. They kind of look like fuzzy balls with little bat wings. (laughs) And the teachers begin to leap into action, and one of the teachers, a plump man, he even faints. Ross pulls his panpipe from his back and begins sending magical waves from it as he plays a low, low note to try and stop the creatures. But there's so many of them, and they're flying quickly through the air. And now three of them have head straight down the center of the aisle and are heading straight towards you. You are now in open combat. It's a fight! It's a fight! Okay, so everybody roll me bookishness to figure out who is going to go first and who realizes what kind of what's happening here since this all happened so fast. Okay. So it's going to go Sebastian, uh, Creature, Nadine, Creature, Lucas, Creature. Uh, Sebastian, why don't you make a lore check for me? Uh, That's a bookishness roll to see if you know what these creatures are since you have some knowledge of the magical world. Yeah, uh, it's it. The fun thing is, Nadine, your character got minus one in bookishness. Yes. Hmm. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, I rolled an eighteen minus one makes a seventeen. Oh, that'll do it. Okay, so you know that these are druid, and that they are a common weak type of creature that draws their power from shadowy magic. They're easily frightened. They are very uh, easily affected by bright lights, but they also uh, can cause you to feel bad feelings. They can cause paralysis and they can cause you to lose your will. They have a bad effect on your mood and your general like mental state. So they are usually not much of a threat, but they are dangerous in big groups which they are right now in the moment well there are three heading towards you right now okay so sebastian eric goes first what would you like to do okay the, the first thing that he he recognizes there's little wonderful flying fluff bolts <laughs> they look kind of cute but but evil can any one of you create some kind of bright light or something like that i can try to do hip and trip i don't know if it does anything <laughs> all right, that's not helpful at all. Um, oh, God, it's okay. so hard when you only know one spell. <laughs> ah, just, we, 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 we are fine. We're going to do it. Um, I, I need something to hit those things with when they come to us, but I don't want to use my violin because no. Sure. Never. 
but as you say, there's quite a lot of chaos. I guess there's a plate I can grab. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, there's there's plates and mugs and dishes for a serving and even chairs. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take a plate. Okay. Yeah, so you can do that as your um, as your free action. You can go and pick up a plate. I'm I'm kind of sorry that there's no nowhere nothing near like a, a baseball bat or something like that. That would fit the size. <laughs> They're very small. These creatures. <laughs> it might be overkill. <laughs> it might be overkill. Can can I like keep this action for the moment when one of them is close enough for me to hit it with the plate? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can hold your action for the turn if you want. Yeah, I would like to do that. Like, if one of them gets close enough uh, to me. He runs off, then the first druid is going to take his turn. So he's going to move towards Eric, and he's going to use his ability, Druid Brood. He rolls a 10-sided die when the total value for any dice rolls resulting from any druid using Druid Brood equals 10. The target character receives a condition, and uh, the conditions that you can receive are anywhere from Sudden Rash to Fluenzicate to Will Leech, uh, which will all affect you different ways. So Druid can stack their ability to create these conditions. Which which is the reason why there's such trouble in big numbers. Okay, so he rolls a four. So they need six more um, before you get a condition. Okay, it is Sassley's turn. So you said they're like floating light thingies yeah. in the air. Mm -hmm. So what about it? There's like silverware on the table. Can we just try to blind them? By reflecting the light that's like in the air. Yeah, there are silver trays on the table, so you'd like to try to do that. Yeah, so Sassley would jump on the table, grabs like a grab a, a silver plate or something like that, okay. and try to reflect the light. Sure. And try to blind them. Okay, since you have to like make a jump and you're pretty small, uh, you're gonna need to roll me spryness uh, in order to do all that effectively this turn. Ten. Uh, yeah, ten will do it. Is that with your bonus as well? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> lucky, lucky. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 10 will do it. You uh, get up on top of the table and you grab a plate and you can use your free action to try to direct light at one of the druid. All right, guys, I got this. I got this. Take this. And the druid's going to make a spryness roll as well to see if he can avoid that. He does successfully avoid it. Uh, so he kind of just bobs and weaves. A little... <laughs> so he, he kind of dodges out of the way, and uh, it's now that druid's turn. He's going to fly also after Eric. So the next druid is going to also use druid brood and rolled a three. So three more. Yeah, come on, come on, druid, come on. <laughs> I'm going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't shield for them. Okay, and uh, it is now Jasper's turn. Well, I, I'm still like standing there in shock. I couldn't move at all because I didn't know what's happening at all. And I see like, I look to my left and to my right, like Eric is doing something and, and Cecily is doing something. So I just take my book with me and I just try to cover myself with it, use it as a shield and uh, go to the nearest table I can find to crawl underneath and just to hide <laughs> myself. And while doing that, I'm just screaming because I don't know what to do. I'm like, I want a black forest cake with no cherry because that's the only thing I was taught to do. <laughs> and then I just try to look up my book if I can see any information about the, these creatures. I like I go to the animal uh, 
magical animal uh, section and try to look anything up. Sure, uh, you can do that and you don't have to roll for it. <laughs> That's fine. Well, you're a real action hero here. Yeah, yeah. You're really, you're really, you go all the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> you have crawled underneath the table that Sassley is standing on top of. So she's directly on top of you, um, heroically standing there trying to direct light <laughs> at the dream. <laughs> and it is now the last druid's turn who also goes towards Eric. Uh, so all three of them are towards Eric. The two of you are on the uh, at a table at a different table on the other side of the aisle, and he will also use Druid Brood. And he goes, oh, that's their sound. <laughs> okay, he gets exactly three. You get a condition, yeah, and the condition, the condition is sudden rash. Uh, sudden rash works like this. The next constitution roll for you requires three values higher for success. It is now uh, your turn again. They, they start to focus on me, so I just think, let, let me return the favor. They got closer to me. They used the ability against me. I want to smack one of them with the plate. Yeah, okay, totally. That's going to be a physical attack roll, which is spryness. Roll for spryness. Yep, I'll do. I'll do. And I rolled a 16. A 16. Okay, they roll uh, Sprinus opposed and did not make it with a 10. So you squarely hit the druid that's closest to you. And it has to roll a constitution roll, which it succeeds at a 17. It's still alive, but you kind of bat it away. It's now a little further away from you as it spins around. I, I just imagine this very satisfying thunk sound gets hit by the plate and flies away. Uh, it's now that druid's turn, and it spends its turn now flying over to where uh, Sassley is, because it doesn't want to mess with you anymore. That's a clever one. Don't mess with me. <laughs> uh, and it's a little weakened, so it'll have to roll a little higher next time to succeed a constitution roll. It is Sassley's turn. So Sassley sees uh, what Eric did. She sees that, and she's like... Well, if he can do it, I can do it. I'm also going to smack that thing. So the, she sees that thing coming. She has a plate in the hand and she's like going to like go all the way. And I, I'm going to roll for physical attack to just smack that thing as well. Yeah, just smack it. <laughs> smack it to the ground. All right. Okay. 12. So that, that weak little thing flies directly towards me and she's ready. She's waiting. Yeah, and uh, it rolls opposed. <laughs> and got a four, so it totally fails, and you just smack it onto the ground and it rolls a constitution die. No worries, Eric, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> it got a 17 again, so it is a really, really tough druid. Hey, Jasper, what are you thinking about coming out and helping? <laughs> <laughs> I want black folks. So the next druid is going to slam into Eric's face with its fuzzy body into my face into All your right. face is floating right at about face level so uh that druid rolls for physical attack and just wow it fails so hard it got one uh, <laughs> it bumps against you and it actually feels kind of nice you're like look at them eric they're kind of weak they're weak look at them jesper you want to join and they're kind of fluffy that's confusing it feels to you like you just got cuddled by a druid basically and it's Jasper's turn now. A question, the, the, the druid that uh, Sassley just smacked yeah. away, where did she go to? 
She smacked it down. Uh, so you can probably see it from where you are. Uh, let me ask you a question. Did you find anything about Drood in your book? Well, I'm just panicking because the only thing the book says is that they are very family friendly. <laughs> Yeah, so this is why I'm just a bit, you know, confused because I don't know. If you told me yes, I was going to have you roll um, world lore. And if you'd succeeded, I would have told you a wrong fact about the Druid. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, because just because of, of like as a reaction, if that, that Druid is landing next to me, I would just um, having the book in my hand would do the same like every other did um, and try to smack it on the, on the little Drood. <laughs> You're like, if this book can't save me one way, it'll save me another way. I mean, it's just the perfect investment. <laughs> so roll for physical attack. It's the first time the book is actually going to be useful. I just thought the same. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so useful because I rolled a 15 minus one. A 14. So a 14. Okay, and he's going to roll opposed uh, and he rolled two. So, uh, he has very, very low spryness. They are not spry. So you you hit him, and he fails his constitution roll. Yeah! And it just kind of... <laughs> and skids to the ground, and it's, it's flapping its wings, but it's not doing anything. It's... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Jasper, thank you for joining the battle. Oh, yeah, the book is like, holy! And I give it a kiss. <laughs> Man, that dude is weird. The last book kissing more hitting? It's now the last Druid's turn, and he's going to also try to physically attack Eric. And it succeeds. Uh, Eric, roll spryness opposed. You have to beat a 13. Uh, with a 19, that should be doable. Yep. Yep, you do. He goes for you, and it's actually pretty powerful this time, but you just kind of sidestep it. Great. Uh, and it's Eric's turn. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the little... Wonderful one that's tried to attack me the last mm -hmm. time. Who just gently floated right next yeah. to me, and, like <laughs> cuddled with me. I can't hit it right now because it cuddled with me. It's impossible for me. But the other one, the more aggressive yeah. one, I wish to hit it with the plate. Okay, yeah, go for it. Roll physical attack. And I rolled a 14. A 14 is going to succeed, and he rolled a negative one uh, on his brightness roll. It's it's like I take yeah. the plate and like, Sassly, look out! <laughs> yeah, you hit it over towards Sassly, and it fails its constitution roll and uh, just skids to the ground at her feet. as She's on top of the table and just skids across the top of the table next to her. All right, all right, good job. Good job, Eric. Thank you, Sassly. Uh, it's now Sassly's turn. Uh, the only druid that's left is over by Eric. The cuddly one, right? <laughs> so Sassly remembers she really like watched Eric fighting and watched how he did, like punched that one druid and was like, all right. He just yelled, Sassly, watch out. And it worked so fine. So Sassly thinks, I'm going to throw my plate at the other one that's close to Eric, and I'm gonna be like, hey, Eric, you watch out as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> roll roll spinus, and if you succeed, you're gonna hit the druid, but if you fail, you're gonna hit Eric. <laughs> it's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> and so she really she feels really good and confident about it and she goes hey watch out and she rolls, <laughs> she throws it and eric has no idea that that's going to happen not even a chance to die and he just gets hit in the head and he rolls a constitution die as he gets hit by that no. large silver platter <laughs> 
I rolled. That's a 15. Oh, 15. That'll, that'll do it. So he does not lose any health. He loses no constitution. <laughs> good, good job. I uh, guess that's teamwork, huh? <laughs> and it doesn't quite, like, knock him back. He's just like... The warning came a little bit too late, Cecily. A little bit too late. Ouch. Uh, and it is now Jasper's turn, who's still hiding underneath the <laughs> uh, table. You know, actually, because Jasper just had his first fight and he, he seemed like he had won against that first druid. And then he's like, ooh, a bit, ooh, I think I can I can do this because don't don't underestimate the power of the written word. So I just take the book in my hands and uh, just come from uh, under the table and run towards the other druid, like being next to Eric and try to smack that again blindly, just running and screaming. I see myself getting hit by the book as well. I tell you. <laughs> oh, poor Eric. <laughs> it's pretty far away, so it's going to be a high physical attack roll for you to succeed to actually run over there and smack this guy down who's floating next to uh, to Eric. <laughs> One of my not specialties. <laughs> <laughs> so in total, we have a three. <laughs> Uh, and you just trip on your own shoelace and fall uh, on the ground on the way over. <laughs> there you are. You made it. You made it about halfway. Good job. <laughs> you got this, Eric. I come right. Oh no, I don't come. I wait here. <laughs> Eric is getting no help as the next druid attacks and rolls for physical attack. It will succeed, and you'll have to beat a sixteen to avoid that attack. Oh my. Yeah. It, it doesn't want to cuddle anymore. I'm a little bit sad. <laughs> no, it's not feeling that cuddly anymore. You just knocked out two of its friends. <laughs> and yeah, I won't debate that. That's an eight. Okay, so he slams into your chest at full force and you are knocked back into the chair that's behind you and you kind of trip over it. So you're laying down now and you have to roll a constitution roll because it hit you really hard. But like, it was so cuddly. The last time I was like, yeah, exactly. Like expecting, huh? Won't be that bad. <laughs> right. Oh, he wants another hug. Come here, buddy. Come here for another <laughs> hug. And that's a 13. A 13 is going to be a failure. You had to beat that because of the effects that the druid have on your just kind of mental health. You don't feel quite up to par and you're feeling very lethargic and it slams into your chest and you just can't recover and you fall to the ground and you now only have two constitution left. But it's Eric's turn. Uh, You're going to have to use your free action to get back up, but you can still use a spell or ability action. Like, I I use the plate to kind of help me get back up again. Uh, That's my free action at my action. I can still use my action to hit it, right? Yeah, you can still try to hit it because it just it's not that far away from you. I am not cuddly as well. Uh, You (laughs) uh, roll a physical attack. I do, and I smack it with an 18. Oh, nice. And it will roll opposed... Not going to do it. You totally hit it. You slam into it. It's going to fly over towards where Jasper is currently on the ground. And it fails its constitution roll and just (laughs) skids next to uh, Jasper on the ground. And you have defeated the three druid who are trying to uh, attack you. And as you look around, you see that mostly the professors have kind of gotten everything out of control. A lot of the students have filed out through the doors on the side of the hallway because they already have their shields. They know where they 
kind of live and they're all heading back to their dormitories. But you three don't know where to go. <laughs> and as you look at the center of the room, you see that Ross, the director of magic, is playing this note and he's just 20 druider just all over the ground around him. He's absolutely destroyed them. They didn't stand a chance against him. It's only been about 30 seconds since the fight started. You hear a voice behind you say, come with me. We'll find somewhere to put you until we can get this sorted out. And it's Mildred, and she's she's gesturing you, come, come follow her, come follow her. Hey, hey, Miss Mulberry? Miss Mulberry? Yes. What shield are we in right now? Um, uh, I will, I will get back to you on that. And uh, she leads you out of this room where there's chaos still kind of happening, but the professor seemed to mostly have it under control. She leads you down uh, the stairs in the main hallway and under them, underneath this higher platform, and there's a set of doors back behind the grand staircase. She says, look here, these are the old servants' quarters. Uh, And you walk inside and there's a comfortable kind of basic sitting room there, you know, some some chairs, a little fireplace in the wall. There's four separate rooms leading off uh, where the servants of the castle back when it was an actual castle used to sleep. So she looks at you and she says, nice job handling those druid. You got them pretty quickly without any help, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I need you to wait here until I can figure out where to put you. And before you can ask her another question, she slides out of the room. I'll just sit down a moment and we'll do exactly that. I kind of like this place. I don't know, I feel kind of strong and empowered. This is exactly where I belong. I kind of feel exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> no worry. I got you. I got you. You weren't alone up there. Yeah, yeah, you got me. You got me good. Especially with the plate. That was a surprise. <laughs> right? <laughs> I felt so strong. And then you saw that you saw Eric me like saving you and rescuing you. That was ooh. I wouldn't believe I could do it. Yeah, I, I, I guess the ground has to be quite comfy, right? Uh, no, no, actually, I just tripped over my sh- You know what? Why don't we change the subject? And after a while, you hear kind of... It's the sound of horse hooves in the hallway, and then a strong knock on the door. It's the horse again! The centaur! Oh, oh yeah. I'll open the door. I got this, guys. No worries. No worries. I got your back. So Cecily goes and opens the door. And in enters the incredibly handsome and well-built director of magic, Ross the centaur. (laughs) Um, And he looks at you and he just gestures with open hands and looks at each of you and says, I'm sorry, children. What has happened tonight is unprecedented. I can assure you we will seek without pause to find out how these creatures invaded this space tonight. We will not allow you to be unsafe while you are here. Until we can reclaim the amulet. And he takes a pause. I must ask you to stay here. You may use these quarters until we can decide how to determine your proper shields. Some good news, however. We have found someone to appoint as your counselor and matron during your time here. The other shields have patrons and matrons of their own. But you, in this time, will have your own counselor to guide you in the coming days. And Mildred steps forward and she says, Hiya, Peanuts. And she somehow still has a cup of coffee in her hands this whole time. I mean, she never dropped it. And Ross says, For now, I must wish you a good evening and return to tend to the troubles in the rest of the castle. Classes will still begin tomorrow and it will be an early day. So best of luck to you all. Don't let this distract you. And with that, he closes the door behind him and leaves. And Mildred is still with you in the room. Well, 
I guess now we can call you Mildred, huh? We're all a big family here, huh? And she just kind of sighs and goes, "Uh, sure, sure. Great. Maybe I call you Mild. Or Mildy. Don't do that. Okay, Mildred. Um, I, I, I got a <clears throat> question about what, what happened there at the banquet hall. Uh, what was this about, I will walk these halls again? Look, I'm going to level with you kids. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here, but now that the director is gone, I'd like to say something. I'm the oldest and longest member of the staff here at the Academy, and I know when something fishy's going on. And she takes a drink of coffee. Since we'll be in contact quite often in the future, and I know all of you are new here, and therefore not suspect, I want to ask, how would you kids like to help old Mildred solve a mystery? Guys, I got this. (laughs) So much chance to grow. I'll, I'll, I'll try my very best. Just, Mildred, one, one more question, because I'm just trying to know, just to understand everything, and I couldn't find it in the book. So, do you think the director is going to like apples? JK, we roll in, it's magic out of Remember, credits are magical, so thanks for listening on, my friend. Michael Moore is our Magician Master, Nadine Kuhn is Sassley Mary Nature Spring, Lucas Fisher is Jasper Casper, and Sebastian Kinder is Eric Miller. Our podcast art is by Pascal Jeunet. Theme song by Aaron Richard, with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Special thanks to Sean and Rachel Moore for their invaluable help in developing this game and podcast. Wow. We had an incredible time creating our first episode, and this is just the beginning. We hope you enjoyed your trip along the Encantoban and into Neudrachenberg this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard here, maybe think about telling a friend about us. You can find us on any podcast listening app or at our website, jkwearrolling.captivate.fm. That's jkwearrolling.captivate.fm. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook as well. Our next episode will apparate your way April 21st. See you then, and in the meantime, keep rolling, my friend. <laughs>